Hi, I'm Vanessa Rubio. I play Carmen on Cobra Kai, and you are listening to Cobra Kai Companion. And as Carmen would say, show mercy. Welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I'm Peter. I'm Brianna. And you guys, <laughs> making her triumphant return, Vanessa Rubio, who plays Carmen. How are you doing, Vanessa? Hey, I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, um, uh, yeah. It's always a pleasure uh, to speak with you, um, obviously. Um, you know, just inside baseball, uh, I'll, I, I, I kind of want to like kind of speed through the beginning here. We're, we're just kind of redoing this over because I, I feel some people might get a reading that it's kind of an awkward uh, uh, restart here, but um, we'll kind of get into it again. But Vanessa, how has things been for you as of late in terms of like vacationing or any traveling have you done? Uh, I wish. I wish, Peter. <laughs> no, I, I got back. We filmed season five late last year. So that wrapped in sometime in mid-December, late December, just before Christmas. Uh, so I came back to L.A. and um, I was searching for an apartment, which, you know, thankfully I already found. And so my time was really devoted to that. But um, I would have liked to go on a vacation. So you have moved as well. And we just found out that all three of the big three have moved. So um, is this like something that's like running through as a recurring theme with all the cast members? Is everyone moving? I don't know. I guess I guess is, uh, you know, L.A. is maybe the, the place to be right now, but also not because now after COVID and, you know, Zoom calls and the ability to to be um, in one place in that way, we can live anywhere we really want. Right. So I feel like yes and no. There's a lot of actors who I know who have moved out of L.A. It's not necessarily um, about being in one place anymore. But. Yeah, never really thought about that, like lo location. I, I don't want to say it doesn't matter anymore, but obviously Atlanta is starting to pick up in terms of um, the, the different productions down there. But if um, most people are doing like self-tapes at home, like it, it, it almost doesn't matter that you need to be close to wherever your project might be. Yeah, totally. And I'm a fan of Atlanta. I was getting used to it. <laughs> I like, you know, convinced myself I lived there. I was like, yeah, I live in Atlanta, right? Then I'm like, oh, I have to move. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you spent the vast majority of your your 2021 down there. Um, yeah. So uh, congratulations again, again hey. for <laughs> we already did this once um, um, on the the promotion to full time cast member. And um, what kind of changed between you know Carmen being recurring and Carmen being main cast? Um. It's it kind of just boils down to just a, a relaxability, uh, just a little bit more ability to be, you know, present and and hang out with your cast members more and know the crew more. You know, it's as a recur, you're being flown in and out. And so you don't get that much time to really 
land, quote unquote, you know? Um, so yeah, just that, that little essence, I think. And I think, like I said before, you guys, uh, watch the show pretty closely. And I think you, you'd be able to notice that, you know, there's just more ease and, um, uh, I don't know. I can't quite a je ne sais quoi quality about it, but certainly a, a, a good quality. You know, you, you feel like, I don't know, uh, more at home, quote unquote. Um, we were lucky enough to actually get the season four screeners this time around uh, to put out a little non-spoiler review and such. Um, what I did, we, I reached out to John and, and, and Josh after uh, binging season four and said, you know, this looks like a movie sequel to the show. You know, it, uh, you brought back Stingray and Aisha. It's like, let's get the band back together and make a movie. That's what it seemed like, you know, like a five-hour movie. So uh, season three was filmed late 2019, season four, early 2021. Can you, uh, did you notice any of the um, changes in terms of production? Did that being under Netflix change anything uh, you guys, um, how you guys uh, shot the, the season? Oh, for sure. Totally. And on top of that being, uh, you know, after the pandemic year and coming back into this kind of new, new world, new way of doing things. Uh, 20. Yeah. You look back at anything you did in 2019 with like golden nostalgia, right? You're just like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like 2019. And I, I think there was one scene where in 2019, season three, I had a cold. <laughs> you could kind of hear it in the, the, the episode. I can't remember what number it is, but Carmen's talking to Johnny and telling him to fight for the tournament. And I remember I'm like, I was apologizing to the guys. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I got this cold. And I'm like, no worries. You know, whatever. I got to do it. And uh, thinking back on that, I'm like, geez, if that happened in 2021, it would just not be treated as that, you know. Um, but coming back into it, yeah, we had to get used to the masks and the testing. Um, but we really, it amazes me, season four is one of my favorites. It amazes me the, the quality of work and the season that we were able to get out with all those things in place and all the, you know, uh, kind of awkwardness, you know, of working in, in that environment. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great season and the jump up from YouTube to Netflix really did. I think I want to ask you guys this question too. I think you really see it. You really see this like belief in the show, right? In mm -hmm. season four, just kind of bumped up. Everything's bumped up. Yeah. And, and, you know, I kind of mentioned that not only did it look like a movie, but you know, like everybody, um, the, the show is filled with great actors, right? And uh, I, I saw that in season four, everybody stepped it up a notch. And I, I don't know if it's like the, you know, every season you guys always get like new guest directors. I know Tanner and Peyton have been working on uh, some movies uh, in between the seasons as well. But um, it, it just, it felt, it felt like a movie. Like, I, I don't know how else to say it. Just like, I feel there's um, some, the, the acting is a little bit different between TV and film like this. It looked like people were acting in an actual movie. Um, so I, I know a lot of the directors are, are the same. I know John and Hayden and Josh also uh, directed a few of the episodes. So, yeah, I think maybe that that uh, that time between seasons three and four, people just 
started kind of honing the craft and and really perfecting it and and all everybody knows their characters a little bit more as well so like we are kind of seeing more like uh we're we're seeing your robbies and 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 you know your carbons it's not like vanessa playing carmen you know or anything like that you guys really embody your characters now too yeah yeah i would say so i always i think it would be cool um I don't know. I think it would be cool to actually do a movie, a Cobra Kai movie, or would that ruin everything? What do you guys think? Oh, I think it'd yeah, be wonderful. I'll be first in line. We'll take it. We'll yeah, we'll buy tickets weeks in advance. Yeah. We'll camp out on the sidewalk. We're there. I would pursue. I was like, that, now, 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 John, I've been pretty good about as you know, not asking to be put on the show. Could I be in the movie? <laughs> 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 Speaking of John, um, he oversaw one of the first films that filmed after COVID with Plan B. And then I know that he talked about taking a lot of the lessons from that and bringing it to you guys because you were one of the first television shows to go back into production in 2021. Was there some was there any kind of a weight? Did you feel you know, because you're like one of the um, prototypes. Did you feel like guinea pigs or did you just feel like we're safe and we're going to do this and show everyone how it's done? Oh, first off, I love that movie, Plan B. I sat home and I watched it. I cracked up. So funny. Um, I wish a movie like that was around when I was growing up, honestly. Uh, And um, I guess, you know, I think what what really benefited us was the fact that we had done three seasons before and the adaptability too, right? We had done three seasons before that was a bit different. It was under YouTube and, you know, we knew each other by now. Most of the crew was the same. So I think that really benefited us going into season four. Yes, with more, I don't know, support, belief in the show, um, but then you know, the weird part of, of this COVID protocol stuff where everybody's still getting used to how they feel in large spaces with people, you know, um, I do. And it's largely personal too, you know, sometimes, I don't know if you guys have this experience too, but you know, you're, you're going back into something uh, after the pandemic year and then you, you go home and this happened to me. I was like, whoa, I was really uncomfortable being in a room with that many people. And I don't know why, you know, So I think we were all just kind of managing it in our own way. And, um, you know, as as actors, as people working together, caring about each other and each other's feelings, uh, just navigating those those feelings that we were going through, you know, like, oh, you want to do the six feet apart. okay, you don't want to do it. Uh, You know, (laughs) just kind of I want to do it, but you don't. And it's, you know, just something to be navigated. but we had to go through it and we made a great season out of it despite those things. So I think that's a real testament to our ability to work and go towards one goal in the end. It, um, it's had, uh, it has even changed my like perception on watching something syndicated. Like I was watching a show last night from the early nineties and it was like a large crowd. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, what? <laughs> but like, also, this is you're talking about 25, 30 years ago. And I'm still freaking out over, you know, for those people. Like, hey, be careful now. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of weird how it's kind of, yeah, just change our perceptions of, of, about everything. And, yeah. um, and, and we know that season four was filmed in 2021. But it's still kind of like, oh, 
that, that's, that looks like a, a large crowd. Oh, they're not six feet, but also the show is currently in 2019. Yeah, and you you didn't catch any masks or anything, did you? Well, we didn't, but I feel somebody had shared uh, a screenshot of some, like a, a fan in the stands during the tournament still had the mask on. Ah, uh, so oh. it's just it's just one of those continuity things. Like you can't catch every single extra in the stands, you know. Um, but maybe the, the I don't know. Maybe the person I would imagine if you're sick, you couldn't be an extra. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Even that, though, can be explained away because um, Medically Fragile um, would have worn a mask in 2019 anyway. Mm. So it's just, oh, that's a Medically Fragile you know, karate fan. Mm-hmm. And it's all solved. So, yeah. OK, so let's get into um, I don't want to jump right into my favorite scene, which is you know one that we've already talked about off mic a little bit because I'm really curious about that scene. Brianna, before we get into scenes, can can I ask one more question about sure. like sure. Um, Vanessa? Like you also did like an article with uh, a Hollywood Reporter talking about like representation and stuff like that. Have you um, like do you have a preference when it comes to like being interviewed? Uh, do, do you like on camera? Do you like going on? I I, I don't think. A whole lot of shows have been, I know Ralph has made some appearances, but I know that you made a few after season three as well, like go into like uh, on, on the news and, and things like that to talk about the new season. Um, do you have a preference now with, with everything? Do you like kind of prefer home and over the camera or do you like print? Oh, like for interviews? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really have a preference. I, you know, I think... Over the phone, maybe because I'm I'm the type of person who like paces and like, you know, talks to my hands and stuff that I'm able to just express myself more because on the phone, I'm just like, rah, 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 rah. Yeah. But I'm like, must be centered and like, do, do, do. So maybe on the phone, I can express my thoughts in a more stream of conscious way. And, and that's maybe my preference. But on camera, you know, I get to see you guys. And that's... Yeah. Also awesome. But I, so I guess, I, in, you know, like in person, um, they, it'd still be nice to, you know, like visit with Mario Lopez in person rather than like over Zoom. Yes, my childhood crush, of course. <laughs> okay, now we can get into. Okay, so uh, Carmen's first scene that we see is um, cringy, but also hilarious. Cringy <laughs> toward Johnny. Always Johnny. Um oh. Attempting to impress uh, Yaya with this authentic Ecuadorian meal. Yeah. That is Tex-Mex from the Chili's website. Yeah. Um, how hard was it, especially with with the way that um, Rose was was popping off with her little barbs? Um, how hard was it to get through that with a straight ish face? Oh, gosh, that one wasn't so hard because it was one of the first scenes that we did together. And I think we were all kind of getting I felt anyway, I was definitely getting my like film legs back, you know, because it was it was a good full year since we've gone gotten together. Uh, And it's a table scene, so they have to cover everybody takes a little longer. Uh, That one wasn't very hard to get through uh, humor wise. And then also in the scene, Carmen's getting delivered some tough news, you know, so that scene was it it was it wasn't so funny for me you know um playing that scene just because 
I was just kind of trying to be there. You know, it's weird when you're getting delivered information, you're like, I don't know it, I don't know it. And then you're like, oh my God, my character's gone through this stuff. And, you know, I'm just trying to hold my character emotionally, like it's going to be okay. Uh, but no, Rose is always hilarious. And those scenes of like Johnny with the Diaz family are just, they're just, there's just like a subtle humor to it that I, I really love. He's very Stop sincere me. in his attempts to oppress you all. He yeah. just really sucks at it. Yeah. I mean, he even brought out Coca-Cola and didn't, you know, kept the RC uh, in the kitchen. So yeah, the fancy good. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, in that same sequence, speaking of cringe, um, Miguel reveals how Johnny just uh, went out with his ex and stuff like that. And I, I didn't like observe the, the scene that well, but was Johnny trying to kick Miguel under the table or was he like adjusting in his seat? It, it looks like he's trying to like kick like, oh. hey, shut up. <laughs> oh God, maybe, maybe he was. <laughs> okay. God, that was super, yeah, it's super awkward and awkward to live through it too. And all these things like from my perspective, from Carmen's perspective, so many things that she like could get really mad at, but there's an essence about Carmen that, is very um, measured and gentle at the same time. So like, while me, Vanessa, I'm like enraged, you know? I'm like, oh, screw this guy, I can't believe it. And, and then her, like, she really takes it in and, you know, just then, you know, somehow doesn't overreact, you know? And, and it just happens that way. That's just how the character is. So, um, I thought their their subsequent scene by the scene, the the sink, excuse me, was very classy, very gentle, you know? It's like, yeah. damn, you've got some class to you. I um I, I I'm like that I like that you used the word uh oh gosh, what what word did you use? Um classy. Basically, huh? You what? said it was classy. No, no, before that. <laughs> oh the uh measure. Uh, well, basically, it's it's uh, it's not an overreaction on Carmen's part, right? Like, I think um, the trope would be Carmen would have gotten upset and, and they've broken up, you know, kind of like how Johnny and Daniel does in season four. Um, I do like how it's like, OK, well, Carmen's hearing these news. Johnny probably has a like a good reason. She cuts him off, but it's like, OK, well, we're not we're not breaking up per se. We're just going to pump the brakes a little bit. And clearly you need to clear your mind, think some things through and really figure out what you want. And, and Carmen will be there when he decides, I feel. So I, like you said, it's classy. And, and I think any other show would have played it a little bit differently. Mm, yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, it works out character wise too, because, you know, Johnny's a hothead and, you know, if he was met with somebody who was equally, uh, like in Dan right what you mentioned with the Daniel situation, they're both bumping heads all the time. Uh, if Carmen had approached it that way, you know, it probably wouldn't have worked out. I like her style, which is kind of like, oh, okay, she still fully feels all the feels, you know, <laughs> um, has strong feelings, but she kind of just waits for him to come to her, you know, when he's good and ready. And she's like, these are my terms. You know, that's it. Mm -hmm. And I know one of the things going back to um, season one, when we first started seeing, you know, the um, hints that we were moving toward Carmen and Johnny, 
being together. Um, one of the things that I had always said is that she would not do it until Johnny was in a place where he did not remind her of her ex-husband anymore. And she would want him to be solid in who he is before she fully, fully committed to it. So as far as breakups go, this one was much less um, physically painful to the audience than the last one, because that one we're all like, no, no, don't do that. Um, But Johnny has a rough episode one. His girlfriend breaks up with him, then his husband divorces him, and then they got to tell the kids. And it's just awful. The poor guy. Wait, Johnny has, wait, what episode of Johnny? Oh, I said episode one, because you guys, you guys have your scene at the sink and the, 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 like pumping the brakes. And then him and Daniel broke up at the end of the episode and had to just, you know, had to do tell the the kids and, and all of that. So he just had a really rough episode one. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. And I, you just made me realize that, yeah, it is kind of the second time they technically pumped the brakes or, you know, broke up quote unquote. Oh yeah. I mean like the whole alley thing in season three, I know there's people who like were very nostalgic for that character and would ship them. And I'm like, hello, you guys, there's still a thread here with like, you know, Carmen and Johnny too, but there was definitely a lot of people rooting for Johnny and Carmen. It was just like, what is Allie doing here? And so they, um, I, we, we spoke with, uh, was it, was it Joan the one who said that they just wanted to tempt, uh, Johnny. That was, yeah. that was all, it was all it was. And I guess, you know, if, um, for those that bought the DVD of season three, there's a deleted scene where Daniel gets tempted with Kumiko, you know, where they dance. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're toying with the audience there, you know. Um, it's a, uh, th- this season four was emotional just as e- any other seasons, but anytime I hear Cobra Kai's a comedy show, I'm like, is it though? Like, I, we all know it's a dramedy, but I feel like I cry more than I laugh watching these seasons. Oh, man. You got to tell me what scenes you cried in. Well, season four, I mean, which scenes that I d- did not cry in, uh, we got... Obviously, with uh, Miguel and Johnny, you know, Johnny calling him Robbie, um, mm-hmm. Robbie at the very end there. I feel like maybe season three had more more of those moments, too, because like Mary, she really killed it as Sam in season three as well. Um, I, season three was a, a tearjerker. It was. It was. Yeah. Um, I was bawling like, my eyes out between episodes nine and ten, thinking that yeah. Miggy had thrown his back out again. Um, in the, the, the 45 seconds it took to go. Yeah. Tori had some really emotional stuff that, you know, the more you found out about her when she's confronting her, her aunt, you know, things like that. A lot of the emotional beats, you know, we, we get into these storylines and because a lot of the characters, um, you find some relatability with them, you know, and it's like, man, I've, I've, I have found myself in these moments as well. So, oh yeah, I was, definitely doing some i in my non-spoiler review i uh i even shared make sure you have a box of tissues with you you know uh, so i hope i hope she'll get some recognition for that that scene in three or uh, 408 yeah the, him and uh billy they're the fluidity i see of them you know acting on screen together is just so nice it's nice yeah, it's almost like Billy. Billy is Sholo's mentor, the way Johnny is is Miguel's, because Sholo yeah. has grown up to a certain extent under Billy's um, tutelage and yours as well, because he's all of his scenes for the the majority of his scenes are with you or with Billy. 
Absolutely. And I would say, you know, that that forms a huge part of their relationship of Carmen and Johnny's relationship. Like, for example, that soft breakup scene we just talked about in, in season four. I think her measured response is also because she's thinking so much about how much her son loves this man. You know, now they're really deep into it. And she, as a mother, you know, doesn't want to get in the way of that. So she wouldn't put her drama first. She would, you know, just do her best to save face and be like, okay, let's just put the brakes on a little bit. If you're going to be this way or still have an illusion of, of somebody in your past in, in that way, mostly thinking about her son and this man's relationship, she doesn't want to ruin it. Just to kind of, um, uh, talk about another uh, storyline real quick in season four. Again, I mentioned the Hollywood Reporter um, article about representation. We get the introduction of a new character, Leah, played uh, Milena um, Rivero. Uh, some of the scenes with Kenny, also heartbreaking, finding out um, Griffin, who plays Anthony, Anthony LaRusso being a bully is heartbreaking, knowing that like we're supposed to love the LaRussos too, yet here's one of them being a bully. Uh, what did you think of the uh, introduction of the character of Leah and just kind of the storyline with the, the new kids? Um, I thought it was it was lovely. And and Leah is she's kind of the crush of Kenny. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's so cute. I mean, it kind of uh, made me think of uh, the original Karate Kid, you know? because um, Elizabeth Shue's character, you know, introduced as the crush and. There's just a, there, I think it's, there's an essence that's shared with the Karate Kid in this show. It's like, we're not, we're not like overly done up or anything. We're just like ourselves and we're cute and this is the crush. And, you know, so I think um, that was nice. But yeah, the whole dynamic, oh gosh, with Kenny and the, then we have another bullying story. I'm like, come on. <laughs> it's so emotional. Like I can't take seeing another person be bullied on this show. But it is the crux of the show, right? That is a main thing that we're talking about here. Uh, and it is does get emotional, um, but it makes sense, right? That these lessons live through the generations that on either side of it, you know, uh, Daniel Russo is, our image of, of him is the one being bullied who we're really rooting for, right? Underdog, we're like, oh, we're on his side. And then to find out that his son is on the other side of it, kind of sucks but it does make sense coming at this uh, another scene that we all loved was um it started off with daniel and johnny domesticating together making pizza for everyone um johnny throws a beer cap at him which daniel catches in in midair but there's a conversation here that as a mother i have had many times with my children which is the practicality of dreams versus the affordability of which college you can actually go to once that fafsa is filled out um carmen came off i thought up against the larusas because she has she's very aware as she's sitting in this enormous house that they are much better off than than she is but she you don't play her as envious of that or as, you know, it, it, it doesn't eat at her. She's like, well, you know, community college would be fine, too, honey. Um, so how does she or how do you 
because she's perfect. Carmen is like perfect. She's never frazzled about anything. How do you get into that headspace with her where she's not intimidated by them in that conversation? First off, thank you. Um, and yeah, so so delicate, right? How underneath things we're talking about these these big motivators for humans, finances, you know, getting ahead in life, survival. Um, I think that she, her heart is just very centered. She has been doing things day in and day out that have taught her a lot of lessons. Um, so I think along the way, she's learned that, yeah, those, those envious feelings don't really serve me and what I need to do, which is mainly take care of my family, keep a roof over their head. It's just the small things I do every day that keep us going. And I'm okay with that. Um, and on another level, she likes to have fun. She likes to make friends. She likes uh, Amanda's character. She likes this family. What she likes most about the LaRussos is their family dynamic. She doesn't really pay attention to the house and all that stuff. She's like, are they a good family? Are they good people for my son? Now, as my experience of, you know, growing up first generation as a child of immigrants, I know it's, there are different styles, right? And it's funny. It's like, I think my mother was more the finance head, like, let's get ahead, all this stuff. And my dad was much more the, are they good people? Are they, da, 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 you know? So I had both of those exposures growing up. Um, so I think for her, she sees that um, Miggy's character is thrown by these things, right? Oh, Sam's driving a nice car. Oh, I'm a Russo. She already senses his nerves, right? So she's like, I'm not going to add on top of that. I'm not going to even, you know, acknowledge it. I'm going to steer him more in the direction of, are they a good family? Are they good people? How's their character? And she clearly tells him, you know, she tells him in the first episode, I like Sam for you because not because of her family, where they come from, but because she sees that she's a good, she has a good head on her shoulders. So I think that's, what's really driving her. And she, yeah, you're right. She's in the house and she's just like, well, you know what? There's still this truth to address. <laughs> I'm not going to shy away from it. Um, and yeah, that didn't work out so well for Mickey's character, but you know, he's got to learn. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Um, there's a sequence with Carmen and Johnny uh, in bed. Um, now, we which, haven't had a dream. Oh, sorry. Which one are you talking about? <laughs> Where uh, Johnny cannot perform. <laughs> so you've had some pretty funny uh, uh, scenes um, with, with Carmen and Johnny uh, either way. When mm -hmm. we spoke about season two, you mentioned the dream sequence was like, a super late edition, and you're like, yeah, right, guys. Like, you, you took it as a joke. Was this something that was already in the script that you saw coming? That it wasn't, like, a surprise to you? Uh, well, no, it was already in the script, but, of course, reading it, it's a surprise to, you know, I'm going through the pages like, huh? <laughs> we actually have to do this scene? Um, which I thought was pretty pretty funny of the, the writers and the creators because we don't really get scenes like that, right? Where we're talking about the day-to-day the -day basics and the pillow talk that nobody really wants to talk about. Um, so that scene was a lot of fun to address. And I, I mean, surprisingly, it ties in so many things, but it's also a great solidifier, I thought about how um, their relationship works. You know, Carmen reads him and she's like, what's really going on here? Um, but yeah, it was it was funny to to film and to read and to do. 
No, as a viewer, I was like, really, we're getting one of these. And I just kind of thought about it. I go, well, Johnny's going through a lot, like seriously, a lot. The the, the stuff with the, the the two dojos, the stuff with Daniel, possibly losing Miguel to Daniel is, you know, is is like one of the biggest things for him this season. So um, I, I hope that the kids can overlook the like, oh, he's got ED. Well, it's not, it's not, <laughs> yes, yes, he does. But it's it's more like, mentally what what is going through with johnny so i I did appreciate that scene uh you know as a grown-up kind of understanding stress can really affect um a a lot of things uh you know physically yeah definitely i i loved the way that scene started because you know as soon as he says laying there this has never happened before it's like oh my god we are in an 80s movie we just are but you are the envy of millions of women the world over not only are you, you know, Johnny's love interest, you've had three love scenes, one imaginary, two real with Billy Zabka. And you got this amazing scene, I thought, where he's laying himself bare and confessing his love and like all of these wonderful things. And Carmen's just kind of trying not to laugh her ass off because Yaya's book club is hanging out in the living room <laughs> listening to the whole thing. And then to end with the, does he have a brother? I thought was, was, was fantastic. But what can you tell us about that scene and that setup uh, where, you know, all of these strangers are listening to Johnny confess his love to Carmen. It's very much like the uh, Jerry Maguire scene. Yes. Yes. In that one, is it the same episode? But I thought it was funny that we had references to two Tom Cruise movies, uh, Hmm. Jerry and then in the bed, you know, we're talking about Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that scene was so beautiful. It's just like, ah, because at the same time, you get the two acceptances, right? You get the acceptance of Carmen and then the acceptance of, of her mom and her family and, you know, where she's coming from. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was funny. They're all like there in their beautiful flower dresses. Like, hi. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, I mean, Billy's great to work with. We have a really nice fluidity with the way we work now with each other as well and you know I can't think too much about these things either you know I I did a a first one of my first comic cons and yeah I got some of those questions where like how is it to I'm like I don't know like (laughs) I'm just an actor doing what I do um but I certainly say and I, I have told Billy too I'm like we got lucky you know because we didn't have a chemistry read uh we just kind of got thrown together and I think we've made the best out of it. But that would yeah, give like it. an air and authenticity to it, too, because you guys have to grow into each other before the relationship develops. Totally. I mean, yeah. our together was the first time we met. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, in episode 408, the uh, I, I feel like it's, it's up there for a lot of people's favorite episodes, like one of them, at least. I, I know it's my favorite episode. Um, just so many things is going on, you know, the, the d- dynamic between Daniel and, and Anthony, but like all of the prom stuff, just seeing the Diaz is the Russo's plus, plus Johnny, um, in, in the one household, uh, uh, do you recall shooting, um, when the Diaz's show up and Lucille, Daniel's mother asks Johnny to remove his shoes? Oh gosh, yeah, I do. Those yeah. two 
when uh, it's kind of funny, like, you know, the digs that the LaRussos have to Johnny when he goes into their house, like as Carmen, I, I try, I acknowledge them, I hear them and I'm trying not to be mad at them, you know, cause she's defensive about her man, of course. You know, she's like, you know, don't treat my man that way. Uh, but she wants to keep the peace more than anything else. And this is Miggy's big day. So there's a lot of little dynamics that I feel going on with her in, in that scene. Like there's the, the urge of just like, you know, wanting to catch his gaze and be like, ah, oh, it's going to be okay. Like, don't worry about them. Um, but her main thing, once again, is uh, making sure that Miggy's having a good time. One of the relationships that I am fascinated with um, stems from the um, episode 209, Pulpo, and how well Carmen and Amanda got um, along immediately, you know, like scheming wordlessly to sneak off to the restroom with this woman you've known for 10 minutes so your <laughs> man children can, you know, deal with each other for, for a little while. And we do know that um, the the pizza scene, we saw Amanda and Carmen sitting on the couch together, drinking wine, giggling, you know, like like college girls. <laughs> Were there any scenes filmed or written that didn't make the final cut between, if you can tell, because I know sometimes if they are filmed, they will come back between Carmen and Amanda. Did we have any more development of that relationship originally? Gosh, no, but I wish there were. I would just like, we'd be like, you know, lounging by the pool and just like, ha ha ha. Um, but I imagine like in their cahoots together, you know, like she's like, they're sitting on the couch and they're like, hi, I look really good right now, right? Yes, you watching? Yeah, he's watching, you know. I think they have that type of, you know, understanding between them where they, they're able to just kind of scheme in their own way, you know, putting the joke on the guys. Yeah, I mean, your relationship with Courtney is kind of filling that void that, you know, we were kind of missing in season four between the two, you know, so we're always waiting, you know, like we're, we're kind of talking about it in the fandoms, like when are we going to get that spit off between, um, you know, uh, Carmen and Amanda. So waiting for it to happen someday, perhaps. Yeah, we have so much fun. I love the pictures that you guys have been posting, the behind the scene pictures of the two of you, always together, always laughing, looking like you're having so much fun. We are. We're oh. pretty ridiculous. Like um, there was a scene that we're just we're just ridiculous together. You know, we're just like back and forth. Like, yeah. And uh, at one point, John was recording us and like played a video back to us of us. And we're like, we're ridiculous. We're, <laughs> we're just like, <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> Uh, speaking uh, um, John, you recently shared a video of him kind of revealing a Eagle Fang <laughs> shirt of sort or jersey or something. Yeah, and yeah, you, re you talk remixing it. Yes, I, I yes, I, I made him look <laughs> like he was stripping to pour some sugar on me. <laughs> yes, yes, you are my hero, Peter. Thank you for doing that. Yes. Uh, well, thank you for the footage. It was inevitable. Yeah, it was one. That, you know, on my phone, I, I try to organize it. I make a folder and I'm like, hey, season four. And it was one of those that slipped by me. And I was like, what was this video? And I opened it and I was like, oh my God, this is, this is great. Uh, so it was, it was a fun one. So he was just revealing the shirt. It was all it was. There was nothing else to it. Yeah. Well, John is always wearing um, really cool Cobra Kai gear to work. So it's always like, we're always like, where'd you get that shirt? How can we get it? And that was one that. We were like, 
well, let's do a little something. I'll put you in front of the camera and <laughs> have a big reveal. Yeah. You have to love a showrunner that wears pirated merchandise for his own IP to work <laughs> every day. Yep. Yeah, because uh, I know that originally his ugly Christmas sweater was pirated. It was one that he got from Amazon and now it's on the official site to buy oh, that same sweater. So yeah. work doesn't stop. Nope. OK, so moving into a, a little bit more into into 408. Um, the interaction between Louie and Johnny um, how aware is Carmen of what actually Louie did? I mean, because Johnny takes off like a bat out of hell that night and leaves Reseda Heights to burn to the ground for all he knows. Um, so is Carmen aware that Louie is the one that set Johnny's car on fire? No, I don't think so. Okay. Because uh, no. I was I was curious as to why, like, if, if if she knew, would she have been right beside him? Would she have been proud of the way he dealt with Louie? You know, all that kind of stuff. Would have been super proud of the way he dealt with Louie, for sure. But she sees Louie for the first time that day. You know, she's like, I think um, I think she's very protected sometimes, like with what she knows and what she doesn't know. And. <laughs> I think like comedically, it also kind of feeds into their relationship too, because she's just like looks at him with eyes of love and just like, yeah, you know, you're great. But she doesn't know that he put her son in a cement mixer, you know, and all these details. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, what? Um, We, you, you know that we spoke with uh, Julia Macchio and um, she shared about how every season her and her family would come and visit what was it like to finally have her show up in season four? I was awesome. And her character's name is Vanessa. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, Julia's so sweet. And it's really nice to, you know, it's uh, Ralph's daughter, you know, so mm-hmm. the family dynamic, you don't, is um, something that you can't manufacture or fake. It's just, it adds to uh, a production, you know, um, and her, <laughs> her character was hilarious. And I love how it was kind of a throw or a reference to my cousin Vinny, you know, a little bit. So I like all the tie-ins. Um, one of the scenes that actually made, I think every parent who's ever had to sit their child down and try to explain something like this, it was a little cringy toward both Carmen and Johnny when they're trying to have the talk with Miguel and literally all he wants to do is get his water bottle out of the van. So yeah. <laughs> how did how did that scene go? Were there alternate versions? Was there any ad lib or was that strictly what was on the page? Uh, the part that was ad libbed was when Johnny goes on about like the, the nice restaurant they wanted to take him to, like the rig calendars and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. So that's just sit there and look at Mickey and be like, mm-hmm. um, but that part, I, it was a really funny scene to film. And I actually, I got him back. Thankfully the show is always trying to make me laugh before my scenes. And this was the one scene where he was having trouble keeping a straight face. So I was like, yeah, it's good. Um, but we were just like, you know, playing it, playing it. And it was that feeling of like, Oh my God, like, like a hot potato, you know, like, no, you tell him. I'm like, oh, I'm going to tell him. Um, 
extremely awkward. You still feel all the feels, you know, that your character's going through, but we'll show the weight off the shoulders afterwards. But then also, you know, uh, Carmen knowing her son, she's like, that's not the end of that. Right. Said now, but we're going to see. I mean, in a, in a similar scene, it's when Carmen and um, Johnny is waiting for Miguel to come home. And there's like this, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a misunderstanding per se, but uh, I, I just love how Johnny's like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, see, he was just with his girlfriend, you know, so it's not the big of a deal where he's supposed to be siding with Carmen, yet he's like, oh, well, I totally get where Miguel's coming from in the whole, like, right, uh, yes, be safe, you know, be uh, protected <laughs> and all that. Um, was that also on paper or were there some ad-libbing in there as well? That was that was on paper. Yeah, that was on paper. And um, yeah, it was just it was just awkward all around. Right. Because it's like this family that's trying to come together that doesn't really know how to do it yet. Uh, so it, it was endearingly awkward. But yeah, pretty funny. I, I just I love the misunderstandings from everybody. And, and Carmen's kind of like, what? Wait, what? No, Johnny. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about here. Co-parenting with step-parents is always awkward. So to echo back a um, question that Peter had for you earlier, were you trying to kick Billy under the table during all those times that he was betraying you uh, <laughs> to to Miguel? Yeah, right. Yeah, she could have. Totally. Um, um, and then let's see what we, we're, we're ready for uh, 409, I guess. Yeah, as we get ready to wrap up, just uh, the last, the last two episodes, which is like one big episode, really, part one, part two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what was it like uh, to come back to the tournament? Obviously, Yaya and Carmen was um, in season one at the tournament. How were some of the uh, differences between shooting seasons one and four? Uh oh, gosh, huge. Um, as you can see, the production value went up. We have. Uh, Huge pop star Carrie Underwood singing. It was amazing. It was awesome. And uh, like, it was, it was so funny. We all like fanned out that day when uh, she came in. We all showed up like two hours, three hours before our call time. We're like, hey, oh, you guys rehearsing? <laughs> it's just wonderful. And she was lovely to, to meet and to talk to and a, a true fan of the show. Um, it just was, it's just, like you said, growth bumped up. It's so much, everybody's, you know, knows that they belong there. And uh, that, I mean, the fighting was just extra, so extra. And then we had this glorious MC who really threw it down the whole time. He was, he was amazing. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was just, um I guess the the way I would describe it more is everybody's come together. We feel like we know what we're doing. Everybody knows what they're doing and the stakes are higher. Does Carmen, because of course, being in the stands at the first All Valley, we remember the conversation between Carmen and Rosa from season one. Now we have an extension of that conversation where not only did she smoke a joint before she came, but now she's got the munchies. Do you think Carmen is judgy of Rosa's um, habit pastime here or does she just kind of go with it? Uh, I think a little bit of both. Now she's she's going with it. 
you know, she's not quite so surprised. She's like, all right. Yeah. Hey, maybe I hope in future seasons we'll see Carmen sharing her her habit. <laughs> that would be funny, right? The last tournament Carmen's baked. Um, <laughs> that would be funny. Um, <laughs> I hope it happens. But um, I think she's she's more accepting of it. She's like, you know, she loves her mother. And she's like, all right. But uh, yeah, that little that little exchange I thought was hilarious because she's like, uh, I know what you're up to, lady. <laughs> um, but hey, nobody's going to get in the way of, of Rosa, you know. But hey, and also I'm really proud of Carmen, too. She's able to watch the fight now. She's much Not more investing. Yeah, no, no, no. Tough, up, you know, she's good. And she's also watching uh, her son and now her her man out there, you know. So she's she's there for two reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, the, there was always a mention of, um, Miguel's father throughout the seasons, uh, you know, as early as season one, we're definitely getting it more in season four with, <coughs> excuse me, with, um, Yaya mentioning in four weight, like, oh, you know, it looks like his, it looks like his father. Um, obviously you can't uh, answer anything about that, but can you talk about like maybe Carmen's headspace when she finds out that Miguel left? Uh, to head to Mexico City. Ugh, it's a messy one. Oh, gosh. I really felt like I felt for her and I felt like all her different things, too. Like she's big on the guilt. <laughs> she's big on the self guilt and the she's just it. It unravels her in a way um, of her really having to come to terms with all the things that she could have done and didn't do and could have shared with him and didn't and just kept on avoiding it to the point that now she sees in that moment, it was the wrong way to go. And um, so, yeah, she's coming to terms with a lot of that stuff and she has to open up and can sort of confess it to Johnny. who Now she has gained her full trust and she's able to reveal this thing that she hasn't really told anybody about except her mom, you know? Um, And she certainly feels guilty about it. Um, but she's, it, I think it allows her, I can only hope, you know, uh, that it allows her to grow and for them to grow in their relationship and that he comes back and, you know, forgives her or, or, you know, I don't know, well, who knows, stays in Mexico and is calling her, <laughs> uh, a new life in Mexico. Um, but what's going on with her is pretty, yeah, I felt for her in those final, final episodes. If she was present, like when, when, when we were talking earlier about him, you know, potentially throwing his back out and then being back in the locker room at the beginning of, of 410 and uh, kind of a repeat ish, not the same thing, obviously, uh, scene between Miguel and then Carmen and Yaya uh, kind of echoing back to the hospital scenes where it was just the three of them. Um, and then Johnny, once again, being the final nail in his metaphorical coffin. But Carmen wasn't there for that part. Um, for which so, part? oh, for for hearing uh, Johnny kind of try to put Miguel up to something he didn't he obviously didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so in in that moment, if Carmen had still been hanging around outside listening to that, do you think she would have barged back in? or or let it slide no she would have barged back in and told him to knock his stuff off 
Yeah, totally. I mean, even kind of in the in the beginning of the scene where he comes in, where M- Miggy's stretching, and she's like, there's a lot of stretching, and she's still kind of fishing around. You you happy? You know, I think as as a mother would say, you know, are you really happy about this stuff? And he says he is. So she's like, okay, you know, she trusts it. Um, but I think if she'd had overheard that, you know, she wouldn't have been with it. Um. My my uh, next couple of questions is really outside of the um, of filming uh, uh, Cobra Kai. One of which is as a viewer and watching season four uh, when it when it came out or whenever you watched it. Um, what was um, something that surprised you that uh, I, I I believe you only get the scripts for the episodes you're in, but um, and maybe not necessarily surprised. But what was something you really liked uh, in season four as a viewer? As a viewer, at like watching it, um, mm-hmm. I, um, <laughs> to tell you the truth, I was really digging the whole video montage at the tournament. I was like, this is awesome, you know? Um, it was just good. It got the memento going. The pacing was up. You're in the show. You feel like you're fully in it, you know? Uh, you're excited. You're pumped up. So I think that was one of my favorite parts, watching it. Um, any other favorite parts? I have to say, I liked um, I liked both uh, Sholo's interaction with Johnny and Daniel. You know, of course, the stuff with Johnny broke my heart because I, you know, also kind of uh, feeling it uh, via Carmen. But uh, I liked the interaction with. Um, Miggy and Daniel when they're like cruising in the car and he's kind of giving him this other perspective of a father figure and um, able to talk. I think, I think that's maybe what I appreciated and maybe I'm also sensing it via Carmen, but I think watching it, I was like, Oh, he's really able to talk to Daniel, you know? So I like those things. Um, I have uh, I'm going to ask my last two questions about Cobra Kai together because they're both really short and they're both really silly. Um, I've asked everyone that has been in the scene that we have talked to so far. So I have to ask you as well. When Carrie Underwood started singing, did you recognize the song? Did you know where it came from? Um, Vaguely, I recognized the song. I knew it was originally from the Karate Kid. But to tell you the truth, I felt like I was hearing it for the first time. You know, because it was just done in in uh, in a different way, and I mean, it's updated, and so I was just like, "Yeah, this is awesome." I knew where it came from, but I was also really digging this version, like it was the only version. <laughs> I like it better. Really good, really I, I good. Think the, I think the moment of truth is a good song, but it's not something that I would put on the soundtrack and go straight to that, you know. But like Carrie Underwood's version, I was like, "I really like this now," you know. Uh-huh. So. I mean, not a great comparison because like Cruel Summer is a great song already, but the Carmen Kilmer version, you're just like, oh my God, like this is so different and this is just as good. Yeah. Yeah. She made that really, really haunting. And my other really ridiculously silly question, just looking back on the last four years and all the times that Carmen has been to Johnny's apartment, do you think he's ever offered her ham juice? (laughs) Ew. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's my answer. It's <laughs> um, a good one. Yeah. No, he he tries to spit me out for her, and oh. she knows. 
<laughs> right, right. He eats Slim Jims and beer for breakfast, so she can assume that his ham has juice. Yeah. I mean, when you're saving Coca-Cola for the Diaz family, like, you know, it's, it's always the good stuff for them. Right. Um, my my last question is, um, you know, they we understand that there's definitely some downtime in, in between shoots and uh, because of all the, the safety stuff. Uh, what is a, um, a, a memory, you know, that you can share, you know, if it was with Cordy, just some kind of like some hygiene, some some fun thing that you can share uh, that that happened behind the scenes. Oh, season four. Yes. Um. <laughs> oh man. I know. Like I know, Matt Lewis was talking about how he would just start walking around looking for like the different um, sets, you know, just to peek peek around kind of thing. Uh, I know, <laughs> like Dallas and Nate and Griffin were like playing frisbee in between shoots during the tournament. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do remember them doing that. Um, you know, not much, not much to to say, really, uh, besides the fact that, yeah, we all showed up super early on the day. Carry on. Doing- <laughs> we were all bright and early. We we're like, hey, what's up? Um, and yeah, the, the photos, the photo ops were, you know, everybody was lining up. It was it's, it was a fun time. And I think it's always culminates uh when we ever have when we have those tournament scenes because there's a lot everybody's there there's a lot of energy up and you get to see um the kids which should they've been training you know the whole season and before it to really show show up at the tournament so you you get that sense of like now's the moment um yeah but other than that you know it's normal yeah, stuff. yeah. You want to save the juicy stuff for another time. I get it. It's so- <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Vanessa, as always, it's a pleasure to speak with you. And thank you again for giving us the opportunity to speak with you and pick your brain about Cobra Kai. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to talk to you guys. Cobra Kai companion, Peter and Brianna. What, what? You guys oh, yeah. Sounds like you're closing up for us here. <laughs> well, yeah, play- closer <laughs> yeah well on that note uh thank you again vanessa uh thank you for everybody tuning in for all your guys's uh, continued support of what we do and we'll catch you guys next time hey okay. bye, bye. Haven't you done enough, princess?